0: Thank you for listening to WNLA's Sermon of the Week. Visit our website at wnla.church for ways to partner with us and to connect with our ministries. Here is this week's sermon.
1: An oily situation. Maybe I turn my mic on. I'm on, aren't I? I'm good. An oily situation is the title of the message today. Here's how it happened. I was reading in scripture to this week, uh, and I kind of tripped and fell into a, you know, an oily rabbit hole in just of goodness, of God's goodness. Uh, one of those verses that I'm like, amen, I'll take it, and, uh, and just caused me to start searching the scripture and like, what is this? I, I, I want this, I like this. And I think we all need it. So let me, let me, let me get there with you today and, and bring you on my uh, journey as well into the oily situation. It was in Psalm 45 that I was reading this week. And it's, the, it's called the Psalm of Nobility. So uh, put on your no, noble crowns. I don't know. Uh, whatever. Uh, it kind of goes back and forth, talking about God and who he is and how amazing he is. And then it talks about who people who are noble are and what that means and how... Uh, and so, uh, reading through back and forth, just so it's good stuff, gets to, uh, uh, it starts out by saying this, my heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. And I'm like, that's really cool. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. That's our, that's our praises. That's, when you praise the Lord, it's noble. Like it it brings you into nobility because it's who you're speaking to. You're speaking to the king of kings. And and so uh, as the psalm writer here, he's like, my heart is stirred with this noble theme. Uh, it's beautiful how it starts but here's verse 7 is where I where it hit me and I'm like yes please verse 7 said this you love righteousness and it's talking about the nobility talking about us now you love righteousness and hate wickedness therefore God your God has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy and I said I want to be anointed with the oil of joy. Like, like, listen, we believe strong, and we'll talk about that today, in, in anointing. Um, we often will have you come forward, and, and scripturally so, to anoint you with oil for physical healing, right? How many believe that? It's in the scripture. We'll get there. If you don't believe it, you can believe it after I read it. We anoint people at the start of ministries or at the start of a job, right? You are anointed and you are called into whatever it is. Um, and we'll anoint them with oil. But I don't remember... And I'm sure it's happened before, but I don't remember ever having a service where people come forward and get anointed for the oil of joy. And today we're going to do that. Before you leave, we'll get there. But I'm going to ask the pastoral staff to come up at the end with bottles of anointing oil. And specifically, we are going to, anybody who wants to come forward and let us pray an anointing, put the oil of joy over you to mark your life with joy, that will be an invitation for you to uh, gladly participate in. You're not required. You can walk around in depression if you want. <laughs> but if you want to be anointed with joy, we're doing that today. So I want to I, I just set the precedent there because the joy of the Lord is our strength. In fact, I wondered, so as I'm reading this, it says, Oh, you love righteousness and you hate wickedness. Those are really good things to love and to hate. And so the Lord has set you above your companions, anointing you with the oil of joy, and I'm like, well, why not, if we're talking about nobility, why not anoint them with the oil of protection, or the oil of nobility, or the oil of leadership, or the oil of strength, and as I prayed and I was talking to the Lord, he's like, because joy leads to all those things, because first and foremost, we know the joy of the Lord is our so if you're anointed with the oil of joy, you are given strength, it is an ever-present source of strength. If you are anointed with the oil of joy, I can only be joyful if I actually believe in a good outcome. And so, what is that? That's faith that the Lord will take care of me, the Lord will provide for me, the Lord will protect me. And so, when I'm anointed with this joy, I also am walking in an anointing of of faith of, of course, the Lord's going to protect me. Like, I can't be joy filled without that. Of course, the Lord is going to lead me to paths of righteousness for his name's sake, of course, he will. Of course, he will. I believe that's part of the anointing of joy. It's like, well, of course, he will. I did not know that about myself. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy demonstrates your trust in Jesus, and it leads to protection, leadership, and more. The joy of the Lord, the oil of joy, is something. It's something. In fact, I'm going to show you here. Uh, we're kind of going to kind of round about here, but we're going to land somewhere and have some fun. But uh, Jesus, one of his tasks was to anoint us with the oil of joy. Yes, yes for salvation. Yes, for all of these things. But, but he quotes Isaiah 61 about himself. And he's declaring part of it. What, what's part of his mission as the Savior, as the Messiah, as, as the Savior of the earth. So he says this and he reads out of the book of Isaiah. And I'm going to read it out of Isaiah. It says this. The Spirit of the Lord, excuse me, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. I'll keep going. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness. You're oaks, church. And a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. You are his garden. You are his display piece. You are his, his, uh, his oaks. When I go to my oak garden, these are my, these are my people. These are my anointed ones. So one of the things, obviously we could spend a lot of time with all these things, but the oil of joy is something Jesus paid the price to give you. Do you want to be anointed with the oil of joy today, like I said, we don't hesitate to anoint people for sickness as well we should. It's in the Bible. But today, I believe some of us need to be anointed with the oil of joy. We're going to do that in a bit, a, a bit here, but let's first start, let's kind of go and have some fun and look at this. So what the oil? What, why oil, a biblical basis for oil and anointing, why, what's, what's legal to anoint, what isn't, all of that. It'll be fun. So uh, so first and foremost, when you're talking about scripture, and if you're studying scripture, it, it's often a good idea to uh, go by the rule of first mention. Essentially, the rule of first mention is the first time the Bible mentions something, it's important. I mean, it's always important, but, but if you want to start with building a foundation for something, go to the first time it was mentioned in Scripture, and then move on from there. And so, uh, so I went to the first and very first time that uh, the word oil was used in Scripture. And, and it made me happy. It filled me with joy. So I'm going to read it to you. Um, and uh, the first... The first instance of oil in scripture, anointing with oil specifically, is found in the book of Genesis, chapter 28, and it happens with a guy named Jacob. Jacob, who later gets his name changed to Israel and becomes the father of of Israel, Um, he's he's traveling. And so I'm just going to read it to you, the account, Genesis 28, verse 10 through 19, First first anointing in the scripture, okay? So Jacob left Beersheba and went out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Good idea. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head to lay down to sleep. These guys had not heard of the my pillow yet, clearly. Sorry. Uh, He had a dream in which he, he saw a stairway ascending, excuse me, resting on the earth with its top reaching the heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All the peoples of earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave until you have done I have done all, excuse me, I will not leave you until I have done all that I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, "Surely the, the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't aware of it. He was afraid and said, "How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning. Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and he poured oil on top of it and he called this place Bethel, Bethel, though though the city used to be called Luz. First anointing happens on a rock. Now, there's so many great things here. The word Bethel, he calls it Bethel because it literally means house of God. And he's like, he's like, surely I didn't even realize I'd, I found God's house. Like, and I was sleeping on his pillow, clearly. And so Jacob's response, he takes the pillow and he turns it into a pillar and he anoints it with oil, because what's he saying? is like, X marks the spot. This is what he's saying. This is the first instance of anointing. X marks the spot. Clearly, this is the place where the Lord, it's a gateway to heaven. So he marked the place. Now I want to take one step further and, and suggest, now this isn't biblical, this is andy Cole. Um, I, I think he, he, he only missed it a little slightly there. Because he, yes, Bethel, the house of God, this pillar, great. This is where the Lord appeared to him, the land of Israel. But the Lord, the Lord said something very profoundly to him. He said, I will go with you, I will never leave you. I think, sure, yes, the, the, the Israel is a, is a blessed place, obviously, Jerusalem and all that, but he was telling Jacob, you're the one I'm blessing. Amen. You and your offspring, and I think legal precedent for him would have been to pour the oil on his own head, too. Like, I think with, one of the things the Lord was revealing is, upon you, Jacob, and the people of Israel, I'm setting up the gateway. Yeah. X marks the spot. It's like the ladder was constantly over their heads. Now, it's going to get better here. Because we get further revelation when Jesus comes. And reveals himself. He's like, hey. Now, I'll give you my version, then I'll read it in scripture. Remember that ladder that Jacob, our forefather, talked about? I'm the ladder. Watch this. So let, let's, let's take Jesus' word for it here. John 14, verse 59 uh, 49 through 51, talking to He says this. Then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. He figured it out. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree. You'll see greater things than that. He added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. He was pulling that imagery. He's like, look, I am the ladder. I am the gate. I am the all-access point. What Jacob saw, now, whatever he saw in his dream, it was Jesus. That he was getting, he was getting a prophetic revelation of Jesus Christ, the only way to heaven. And, 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 and the amazing thing, the mind-boggling thing, is, is that upon this ladder, upon, upon that ladder, Jacob's ladder, the angels on their assignments are ascending and descending. Constantly. To fulfill the will and purposes of God. And Jesus comes and he says, guess what? I am the latter. And then we get even further revelation. 1 Peter 2.9. You are a chosen people. This is to us. Are you a chosen person? Are you a chosen person? You are. This is 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He has called you. He has set you apart. And if you come to Jesus Christ, X marks the spot. I can take it one step further for you. Because using, using, I'm a visual learner. If you could understand that when you say yes to Jesus and he is, he is in you and fills you with his spirit, there's basically a ladder between you and heaven. And on that ladder, angels are ascending and descending to accomplish his, his will. You have a constant access to the, to the heavenly throne. You have a constant access to God Almighty through Jesus Christ. The oil, the anointing, it was X marks the spot. It was a, it was a marking point. He's like, we, I'm going to anoint this and set this pillar up so we'll know where God's house is. Well, Jesus is like, I'm going to anoint you. I'm going to X marks your spot so you know where the kingdom is. So back to Jacob. Let's go back again. From this point on, from that point on, after he, uh, after he anoints that rock, from that point on, they, they use the olive oil to anoint things, okay? They anoint all of their kings with oil. They anoint their priests with oil. They anoint their, their, their uh, holy places with oil. The tent, the temple, the articles of worship inside the temple. They, they, on and on. They use the oil of anointing, this precedent set by Jacob, as this is how you mark something as holy. From that point on, temple tools, kings, priests, they're all anointed with the oil. And then Jesus comes along and legalizes all people and all locations as potential X marks the spots. Amen. It's not just Jerusalem anymore. It's not just if you were born into the tribe of Levi, or happened to be of the line of David and the Judah you know, so you can be a king. It, 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 the legal precedent is Jesus Christ broke down every wall of hostility. So if you will, in faith, come to Jesus, you too are the X that marks the spot. That's what Jesus did. That's what he accomplished. Can we, can we, as a side note, what about what if, like Jesus came to seek and save the lost? What about places? Can we still anoint places? I will say yes. I believe that God honors our faith when we when we anoint something as holy, and we set it apart. I believe that. In fact, I uh, I have had several instances very clearly where. Uh, my wife and I, after we first got married, we were living in an apartment. It was a student housing apartment, and and one night I, I woke up and I was terrified. I felt I felt a presence in there, right? Um, it was it, it was terrifying. It was almost like, and and what was my response? Oh my goodness! I got up and I took the oil and I anointed my doors, and I said in the name of Jesus. This place is marked as as only a location for your presence. No other evil presence could come in here, and and in the name of Jesus, amen. Boom. Peace over our household. We later bought a house in Chawila, um, and it was the only house we could afford in the town, All right. And, uh, and, oh man, wow, this is a great deal. Well, there's a reason it's a great deal, I guess. Uh, Not only was it falling apart, but but people would say to us, you bought which house? And, and we had m- several people approach us and say, do you know what happened in that house? And our response was always, nope, and I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, you could've, Hitler could have murdered a million people in that house. Because what we did is we, we anointed every doorpost before we went in. We've, we've had worship in that house. And we set this place apart. This is now a sanctuary to God Almighty through Jesus Christ. Amen. This is a place filled with peace. It is a place filled with the glory of God. And no weapon that's fashioned against us. It pr- doesn't matter what's happened. It's, it, the curse is removed in Jesus' name. That's the power of the cross. Amen. We've done that over every place we've lived. You know, if you look on the doorposts of this church, <laughs> sometimes the, our custodian staff is like, could you please stop? There's too much oil on the doorpost. It's really hard to clean. Uh, I'm kidding. But uh, but like honestly, I will often go every entry point. I'm a, this is a set apart place, Lord. I, I, you're sitting in chairs that have been prayed and anointed over and over because we continually said, What are we saying, right? We are saying X marks the spot. I pray certain prayers over these chairs that you're like, you wouldn't sit there if you knew. Honestly, I'm like, Lord, in this chair, call somebody into missions. And you're like, I'm not sitting in that chair. Well, you don't know which chair it is. (laughs) Anoint this person. Fill them with the Holy Spirit today. Father, whoever sits in this chair, may they be overwhelmed with your goodness. May they experience the renewal. May somebody who sits in this prayer hear the voice of Jesus speak to them for the first time. What am I saying? I'm taking legal precedent, and I am anointing with oil in the name of Jesus as this is the spot. This is the spot. It's legal. It's biblical. And we've been doing it for thousands of years. Faith targets the anointing. So why oil? Listen, we've talked about oil a lot, right? We went through the whole temple and we talked about the importance and the value of oil. Like back in Jacob's day, it, it, there was no, uh, no plug-ins, right? There wasn't my, my generator. Oil was what I ate, oil, oil is what I, I hit lit my lamps with, oil was everything. Oil was very valuable. Not anymore, like we don't pay money for oil or gas, it's not, no. Oil, oil was, it is valuable, but it was even more valuable back then. So we, I, 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 I could go into all those details again, but I just have a few things that I want to point out about oil, why it's important, why it's interesting, and why it was chosen as the anoint, as something to mark the anointing, apart from the fuel and food and all of that. Some other fun facts about oil before we anoint you with oil today. Oil stains things. If you've ever cooked on a barbecue, like, if you ever had those greasy hamburgers and it's just splattering all over you on your favorite shirt and then you wash it and there's still grease stains and yeah. you just can't get them out, right? You get an, you get an oil spill in, a, in a Alaska or somewhere. Why is it so terrible? Because it gets on everything because water cannot wash oil away. Yeah. It's not soluble. And imagine living in a day before dial or before dawn soap. And before all those things. And to get oil up, you had to use sand and like, like scrub like crazy. Uh, in fact, they, they discovered you have to use fat and oil to get rid of oil. So it will bond together. That's the only way to get rid of it. That's why oil is, is it's just this. It's a tenacious thing. And so I submit to you that one of the reasons oil is used to anoint, because it stains. It is hard to get off. It marks you. X marks that spot. Don't go, Don't try to wipe it off. Just let it run. It's like you paint a bullseye. So when we're praying for somebody for sickness and we anoint them with oil, we're like, Lord, the Spirit of God, we're anointing this bullseye for healing. Right? That's why we, we, we anoint people. and. They're going to, we're going to bring on a pastor, oh, anoint this person. They're a bullseye for the Holy Spirit to use them and minister through them. It stains us. Another reason I, I, I think it's funny, an, another aspect of oil that I don't think is a coincidence is oil is slippery. In uh, certain towns like Cedar Woolley, they do things like an oiled pig competition. We wouldn't do that in Ferndale. No. What they do is they'll put oil all over a pig. And then the fun thing is, we all try to catch the pig. <laughs> but we put oil on the pig, because when you try to grab it, why, why does Hulk Hogan, like, or Ramses, they, they just, before, uh, you just douse yourself in, in oil. Because then, then I, I, you try to grab that arm, it goes, bloop, right off, right? Oil is slippery. Now, we are told to give the devil no foothold. Give the devil no grabbing on point. I will submit to you that the anointing of God makes you slippery for the devil, though he'd want to grab onto you. It's like, ah, hey, stop! And you're that oiled pig, and you're like, wee wee wee, all the way home. The anointing of God makes it hard for the devil to grab hold of you, and that's why we pray, and that's why we anoint. It stains you. It makes you slippery. One of my other favorite things that oil does is it tenderizes things. You take an old baseball crusty glove you got you gotta rub the oil in, rub the oil in and soften it up. Many of us need to be anointed again because we become the crusty glove with the hard hearts, and the oil softens us up in fact when you when you put oil in bread uh, I didn't I, I did my bread research, it says this oil tenderizes bread by coating some of the proteins to form gluten, preventing, preventing them from hydrating and linking up to form large networks that lead to toughness, and it makes the bread softer. Some of us, oh, need the anoint- to be anointed to be tenderized again. Years ago, um, before I was born, because I'm young, Keith Green wrote a song. My eyes are dry, my faith is old, my heart is hard, my prayers are cold. and I know how I ought to be alive to you and dead to me. And the chorus goes, oh, what can be done for an old heart like mine? Soften it up with oil and wine. The oil is you, your spirit of love. Come wash me anew in the wine of your love. And and, and as you sing that and you believe it, and you're like, Lord, wash me anew. I need your oil again. And I'm telling you, the Lord is like, he's going to be quick. (laughs) He's going to come. He's going to soften your heart with the oil of his presence. Oil, 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 oil. Lots of fun things about it. We're gonna pray and, and, and we're gonna open up the altars here in a bit if you want to come up. And, and we're gonna say any of it's legal today, all right? If you want the oil of joy, we're gonna anoint and pray a prayer of joy. If you need physical healing, we're gonna anoint you with oil and pray for physical healing. If you just like, Lord, I need my, my heart softened and tenderized, we're gonna pray over you for a tender heart. I wanna give you some, some uh, biblical basis. We'll start with physical healing. Mark 6.13 says this, talking about the disciples. It says, they went out and preached that people should repent. There's your first job. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. And you might trip on a verse like that and be like, okay, the apostles did it. That's cool. You get to James, however. If any among you is in trouble, let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is any among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church and to pray over them, anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. And the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. It's legal, it's biblical, and it's something we get to take part in. One of our issues... And I believe it's the complete opposite of what anointing somebody is. When I believe, and I'm going to anoint somebody with oil. We, many of us live practically, uh, in our lifestyle, the Doris Day Christianity. Now, to pick on Doris Day, I don't even know her, other than this song that she sang in some movie. Hey, surah, Sirrah, whatever will be, will be. The future's not. You didn't know you were getting a song showed here today. Keserah, Sarah. Keserah just means whatever. <laughs> whatever will be. That's literally what it means. That's what's gonna happen. And 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 it's so anti, anti-Bible in nature, that song. It's completely opposite. But yet, many of us Bible-believing Christians live that lifestyle. Well, whatever God's gonna do, God's gonna do. There's some truth in that. Absolutely. There are things God will absolutely do. With or without you, but there's a lot of things he's just waiting for you to partner in faith with him. You have not because you do not ask. It's not a case of It's a "Lord, I believe." I I love the song we sang at the end of uh, of worship today. With one caveat, like the song is: "There's no mountain you won't climb up. There's no wall you won't tear down." And it it's absolutely true. But the scripture also says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. So you get this picture of God knocking down all these mountains and you're just sitting there like, whatever. If he wants to climb the mountain, he will. If he wants to knock down that Lord, there it is. We'll see what you can do. Off I go. He is sovereign. But he's chosen you to partner with him. To say, Father, there's a wall. And he's like, yes, and? And he's like, and you're like, would you knock it down? And he's like, yes, I never thought you'd ask. Kaboom. Faith without works is dead. We put our, we, it's not a case of I, I, I This song, this Doris Day song, it starts out like this. It, it's, I have to say, she might be, this song, tongue in cheek was sung by the dumbest person ever. I'm kidding, she's probably a wonderful person. But the lyrics themselves, it starts out like this. This daughter comes to her mom, to the dumbest mom ever. And says, mommy, what will happen, and what will I be when I grow up? Will I be pretty? Will I be whatever? And the mom says, "Kay, Sarah, Sarah. She tells the daughter, I don't know, whatever. Whatever it's going to be is going to be. And so the daughter's like, oh, so I could be ugly, I guess. So then the story goes on, and uh, and and the girl finds this man, and she falls in love with him. She's like, "So what? Oh, Are we gonna be rich? Is it gonna be a?" And he's like, "Whatever." He sings to her, que sera, sera. First of all, as a side note, there's no que sera, sera in marriage, by the way. Seriously, if you live a que sera marriage, it's doomed. Marriage takes faith, it takes work, and it takes sacrifice. And, and I will also submit to you this. If you are in the market for a spouse, you're not just waiting, oh, I guess this is the one. If the person doesn't love Jesus, they're not the one. But I feel strongly! Then stop. I'm telling you, if I, if I choose not to act on a feeling long enough, the feeling goes away. And yet we are constantly now being fed a lie that whatever I lust after, I go after. Because it's always going to, no, if I cut the lust off, if I cut that desire off, I get it out of my, it will go away. When I choose by faith, no, that doesn't honor the Lord. No, this choice in a spouse will not honor the Lord. And so, no, snip. Sorry, I can't go there. That's my side note of the day. It's dumb, 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 dumb thinking. It's quesirah thinking. It's not faith filled thinking. Back to Doris Day. So then, these two have a kit. And, and sh- the kid comes to the mom and he's like, Mom, what's it going to be like? What's life going to be? Am I going to be rich? Am I-? And she's like, Okay, hey. She's like, whatever. By then she's become a pot-smoking hippie. Whatever, man. I mean, it, 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 there is no whatever in the Lord. There is what the Lord says. And I will stand in faith and I will stand on the side of the Lord. And when I say that's the complete opposite of the anointing, because, because when I say, Lord, I'm setting this aside, I am marking this in Jesus' name Amen. for you. It's not a case. There is no quesera in my house. I do not accept whatever comes into my house. My house is a fortress. It is a sanctuary. It is a set-apart place. Now, do I invite people that don't believe that? Of course I do. But guess what? They're vicariously in my safe place. I, I I I encourage you secretly grab a little bottle of I got my anointing oil here. Somewhere. Sneak it with you to work and just anoint a door post. Go to your school, anoint the new gym. Anoint under your desk as you go in. Oh my teacher's an atheist. Okay. I'm gonna sneak over there. Hey, I have a question. Boop, 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 secret. I mean, don't make a show of it. Don't make it. What are you, you're setting apart. You're saying, Lord, I set this apart. This is your sanctuary. Let the angels ascend and descend upon this desk and carry out your, your will. And may this person have every opportunity to have the gates blasted open so that they can see and believe. Yes. I love espionage. <laughs> Listen, I, I love our teachers who know Jesus. And they're, they're there to teach, obviously. They're not, they're not manipulating, but they believe and they pray through their class. Room and they say, yes, Jesus, I pray for Billy. Billy has had a terrible life. He, they don't believe, you know, all this, but I believe better for Billy and I anoint him in the name of Jesus. May Billy be set apart. May Billy be favored. May angels ascend and descend upon Billy, give him the mind of Christ. May it be easy for him to come to Jesus. May his mind be renewed. And every day as he sits down in my class, or every day as my employees come to work, or every day as I walk into the em- place of employment, may the presence of God ascend and descend upon me that I set apart. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. It is not a que sera, sera moment. It is a marked, anointed bullseye moment. Okay. Stephanie, I'm going to have you come. I would like my pastoral staff come up, their spouses. Stephanie's going to uh, sing. There it is. As she sings, and you, would you just stand with me where you're at? We you set this time, as, this, this time, we're setting this time aside as a bullseye moment. John, we got some more anointing oil over there. Here's the invitation, and again, you are not obligated in any way, but if you are willing and you want to come up, you're like, you know what, that oil of joy would really be a good thing in my life, and just, and just tell whoever, whoever's praying for you, say, hey, I would love the oil of joy, and they're going to anoint you, and just pray, Father, anoint them with the oil of joy in Jesus' name, and whatever else the Holy Spirit puts on their heart. You have a, you have a physical need that you, you're asking for healing just have the biblical basis. Call on the elders of the church. They will anoint you with oil. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Boom. You have, you've, you've, you've hit a time where your heart just seems like the crusty glove. And you're like, Lord, I need to be tenderized. Or you want, you need, you, you're just going to ask, I, I want the anointing of God on my life as a parent as a spouse that I would that I would just be targeted as an employee as a, as, a, as a whatever it is whatever assignment you find yourself in we'd love to also pray that over you. So all those things are legal today. They are biblical and uh, and you will be the oily pig when you leave. All right. Stephanie as you sing, in fact I'll pray if you bow your heads with me, Stephanie will sing and we'll uh, we'll pray for you. Father, we we thank you that you have paved and opened up the way. That the anointing can flow freely through every believer, Father, that it will mark it marks us. That through Jesus Christ and by faith in Him alone, there is no other ladder, but Jesus Christ. Some of us walked in here today, like Jacob, and you're like I didn't realize I was in God's house. And today they're saying yes to you. Mark. That. Stephanie sings. Come on up.
0: My eyes are dry.
1: My My faith. faith
0: is old. My heart is hard. My prayers are cold. And I... can be done for an old heart like mine soften it up with oil and wine the oil is you the spirit of love please wash i awesome. Close to the Lord, almighty nothing as sweet. Some God, so selfless, and so generous, so faithful, you are. Cause there's nothing that comes close. Close to know. too. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or if you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit our website at
1: wnla.church.